How are students dealing with COVID-19? News Decoder spoke to four young people in the United States, France, South Africa, and the United Kingdom to learn how they're coping with the uncertainty brought on by the global health crisis. First, we'll hear from Dylan Carlson, an intern at News Decoder, and Emily Foe, a second-year university student at the University of Leeds in the United Kingdom. Dylan graduated high school in the U.S. last year. He was accepted in Yale University, where he plans to pursue a degree in environmental studies. Since last autumn, though, he's been on a gap year in Paris, France, where he's been studying French at a local university, taking guitar lessons, and had plans to travel around France. That is, until COVID-19 hit Europe and France went into a nationwide quarantine. I asked him how he's doing while in quarantine. The first few, two weeks were, I think, really tough for me because it was a huge change. Because before that, I mean, I was going all over Paris, using the metro all the time, going either to school or, you know, going to the office for news decoder um, or then going out with friends or things like that. So I was always out and about. And then suddenly everything from one day to the next, I had to stay inside. I couldn't go out. Um, so that was tough. But other than that, like, you know, I'm keeping sane. And I mean, it's not the it's not absolutely the worst situation to be in where you can relax at home and you can do those things. I mean, there are many other people that are facing, you know, losing their job that are facing um, so many tough things. You know, I'm on my gap year, so... What, I, what I've lost is not that much. I mean, you know, I, yeah, I won't get to travel or do those other things that I had hoped to do during, you know, these months in my gap year. But, you know, I think, but that's a tiny thing to lose. What I've been, what I think have been the hardest thing is thinking about all the other things that are happening. The people that, you know, are losing their jobs. Also, I know my, like, friends that are currently seniors in high school and, you know, they might not have, you know, prom or graduation or... You know, a lot of those experiences that I think are very dear when you're in your last few months of high school. Yeah. How are they handling that? So, I mean, almost everyone, almost, almost all of my friends that I talk to that are seniors now, they've taken it pretty positive, positively, but I think still it's mm-hmm. been tough for them because you're not with your friends anymore. You're going through also, you know, finishing tests, uh, you know, going through college admission, going through all these other things that it's so nice to have somebody to share that with. Um, and, you know, having those last few months with your friend from high school or from your whole life, if you live there in that town your whole life. So I think that's been tough. I think for me, what I'm most curious to see is for everybody that's like a kid right now, five years old, eight, nine, ten, where you're still so impressionable. And then seeing this thing that is pretty historic and it'll be interesting. I mean, I don't I, like I'm hoping that for a lot of people, maybe they'll I don't know, they'll take up writing or a new instrument or have the time to read and learn on their own you know without having to have be constrained necessarily by school or the curriculum Mm. so i'm just interested to see how big the change will be you know in the future how many people might say yeah the reason i play guitar today is because i had nothing to do during quarantine so i just took up a guitar and played it and then you know i became a musician next i reached out to emily how are you? I'm great, thanks. Are you? Good. Well, thanks for agreeing to speak with me. I promise I won't. Emily studies international relations at the University of Leeds, and she's particularly interested in political rhetoric. She had some pretty interesting thoughts on the whole idea of social distancing, or as she thinks we should call it, spatial distancing. 
the idea of social distancing um it kind of became interesting to me because i'm very interested in language and a lot of my degree i analyze kind of political speeches and um the effect that language use can have on people and um with social distancing I just thought there seemed to be a huge issue in use of the word social. I think by adding in the word social, it ignites a lot of unnecessary fear and panic and like sense of loneliness. So there's a lot of people who will already obviously be feeling very isolated from loved ones, their friends and family. And by calling it social distancing, it just reinforces that separation really what we're being asked to do. We're being asked to be spatially apart um, to not physically see one another. Um, but I think it's really important to stress that being social is still encouraged and is still really, really more important than ever. And in many ways, we can still be social. So um, Skype, Zoom, which me and you are on now, uh, phoning your friends. Um, there's so many ways to still be social. And I think like the social side of this and the community, the sense of community that it can encourage should really be um, stressed rather than made mm. seem something daunting. I asked Emily how long she's been socially, or rather spatially distancing. I was um, at uni when this whole kind of outbreak started, um, but I've since gone home to where I live, which is Midlands UK, so Stoke-on-Trent. Um, yeah, just over a week for me actually, because my dad's in the police, um, so we had to self-isolate for a, a little bit longer. Is he working? Uh, yeah, he's gone back to work now. He had to do like the seven days because he had a cough, but he's absolutely fine. So he's back to work. Similar to what Dylan had to say about his situation in Paris, Emily considers herself lucky despite the disruption to her life. Yeah, so I'm definitely a lot more fortunate than a lot of my friends. So for me, um, all my modules are assessed um, 100% on essays. So I can still um, use the online library and online reading and do my essays as normal. So nothing's changed for me in terms of workload or deadline, uh, which is good because it's still something to do at home. Obviously being a second year, I'm lucky that graduation hasn't been canceled either, but I have got friends whose graduations have been canceled. I've got friends whose placement years have been canceled, whose study abroad years have been canceled. So I've got a really um, um, horrible example really of one of my friends who um, she's from France studying in Leeds and she got a placement with TUI that used to be Thomas Cook, the travel agency brand, um, to live in London um, on a paid placement year and um, she signed a contract to rent in London which is obviously incredibly expensive um, and has now been told that all internships in the travel industry have been cancelled because of coronavirus. Uh, so she now has a, a house to rent in London with no income um, or placement there. Uh, has she is, been able to break the lease? Um, she's in the process of trying. I'm hoping that her landlord will be obviously understanding, but mm. I, I'm not sure yet. It only happened yesterday. And what about your plans for the months to come? Just a case of waiting uh, to see, yeah. Like all my summer work and plans have been, uh, well, they're not being cancelled, they're just uh like who knows what's gonna happen yeah yeah on hold yeah like I know the hardest thing for me is not really having like an end to look forward to like we just don't know how long this will last um so it's just take every day as it comes and kind of um keep yourself occupied and positive before I hung up I asked Emily how she felt other young people were reacting to the crisis 
majority of young people take this really seriously. They have young one, uh, they have loved ones in vulnerable groups. They understand that they could be a carrier and not know. Um, but additionally, like when the news um, publishes these, oh, um, X amount of people are ignoring government advice and still going out. Um, it, it makes people think, oh, well, if some people are still going out, I may as well go about my day-to-day -day life or whatever. And if we're told in the media, um, the vast majority of people staying in, everyone's staying in and doing their bit, um, you're going to get so much more of a kind of rally around the flag, everyone doing their part. But if you're broadcasting like, oh, these young people are still going out and partying, it makes the whole thing seem kind of futile and pointless. And you're going to have more people actually follow that negative lead, um, which is a minority rather than kind of spreading the, like, the good that young people are doing. Emily's reflections on the perception of young people by the media during the COVID-19 outbreak reminded me of something Casey Ingerson said to me. Casey is in her last year of high school at Westover, an all-girls school in the U.S. state of Connecticut. I tend to be a more positive person because, I don't know, that's just who I am, but I know a lot of my friends, it's really making them worry and, like, really upsetting to them. So it's... I remember, like, my friend yesterday, she said something that, like, she understands, like, yes, many people in the world are dying, and it's extremely, it's very, very sad, but for people to be, like, making fun of seniors as well for being so upset with, like, their entire education that they've been working for for all these years, it kind of hurts them. It's like, yes, I understand how grave it is, but I'm also allowed to be upset as well, because I'm being affected as well, so that's something that kind of sat with me, I guess, that... I think just everyone is being affected by this whole pandemic, no matter where you are. I called Casey to hear how high schoolers are dealing with the above closure of their schools and also the cancellation of many much-loved school traditions. Hey, Casey. Hi. How are you? I'm, I'm okay. Are you still in Connecticut? Yes, I am. I'm a day student. Okay, so you live in Connecticut with your family. Um, yeah, and school's been suspended, right? I mean, as far as I know, Westover's moved on to online learning, correct? Yes. Yeah. When did you guys start that? Um, we just started last Monday. So it's been okay. like a week and a couple days. How's it been going? It's just a different environment. Like, when you're at home, you're, you kind of have like your own schedule. Like, you have this schedule to do your classes but also there's no like the afternoon commitments that you have and like I dance as well and I don't have that either so I have more free time so I'm able to like kind of schedule when I want to do things which is different sometimes it makes me I wouldn't say like procrastinate but once in a while a little bit procrastinate just because I have more that's okay to say <laughs> you also you were involved with theater and choral singing if I remember correctly yeah, well, we're, my school's doing this thing where we're trying um, a different approach to the drama production thing right now. We're doing um, interviews with people. Um, we're kind of figuring out, like, who we're going to interview, um, but then we're going to, like, kind of, like, write everything down that the other person said, then kind of have, like, a monologue and act it out over video. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And, um, for choral singing, my my choir teacher is trying to still have some meetings 
trying to figure out how that's going to work. Um, but he's also offering, um, like, sight reading, like, reading music classes that I'm helping him out with. So there's, there's changes, but there's still a lot more free time than before. In the United States, many schools have annual social events like prom, a formal dance, graduation ceremonies, and other community traditions to celebrate the end of the year and also the end of high school for the graduating class. I asked Casey to share with me some of Westover's school traditions. So we have, um, we have a lantern ceremony where we go up to where we call like the Seven Sisters and we um, like hold hands and we sing like our traditional songs with lanterns and everything. And the, like in the dark, so it's a nighttime tradition and it's like you're welcoming the new girls into the school and the seniors get to um, walk around in the center circle and sing the songs. And I'm a glee head, so therefore I lead it because it's a tradition based around songs, but everyone loves it because it's beautiful. We also have traditions called um, orchard, where it's like the seniors wear their traditional clothing. So like from their race or ethnicity, you can wear whatever you want. And have you planned your outfit for the orchard? Um, I haven't. Um, I would definitely be wearing something Dominican because I'm Dominican, but I'm just not sure yet. And what are your plans for after high school? Um, so we're not completely definite, but I want to go to um, Bryn Mawr. It's in Pennsylvania. And um, so if it works out, because they accepted me, we just have to make sure financial and everything is good. Of course, yeah. But I'm, if I go there, I'm so, so excited. It's going to be different going off on a new chapter when possibly I haven't even finished the last one that I was in. How are your friends and family doing? Are you staying in touch with your friends outside of your online classes? We video chat every day during lunch just because we don't see each other in school anymore. So we like have lunch together. We're still talking all the time. And my brother's handling it differently just because his job was considered non-essential. So he's stressing obviously about not having that second job that he had. And it's just, um, it's pretty difficult for him. He keeps getting like very stressed out. For my mom, things haven't really changed just because she's a postal worker. So they have to keep working. Um, and my sister works with, um, like an insurance company and, and it's a respiratory insurance company. So she's had a, like an, in, like, yeah, an influx of things happening. Um, but for me, it's just basically staying home and getting things done and just trying to go day by day. <laughs> Casey's situation is one that is familiar for a lot of young people around the world. I called Suleiman Diallo who is in his last year of studies at the African Leadership Academy in Johannesburg, South Africa. Like Casey, he attends a boarding school, but the students at the African Leadership Academy have stayed on campus and now attend class online from their dorm rooms. It's not really easy to, to be on a lockdown because everything changed, your activity, the way you do things, so you have also to adapt. It's not an easy thing, but I just hope in the coming weeks, things will start getting better. So tell me more about what ALA has been doing then during the COVID-19 outbreak. You just said that you're doing online learning, but you're all still on campus. The school has been working very well so far to, to avoid the, the spread of the, the virus on campus. So no longer a student is allowed to leave the campus, for instance, and for the few people who are allowed to enter, such as those working in the catering or those 
helping with um, the cleaning, cleaning the campus and other things. Those people are checked every time they enter the campus. There's a temperature check many times during the day as well and when they are leaving. And so something else also is they are no longer, those people are no longer using um, common transportation. It's the school that is providing their own transportation from home to the campus. And this is just a way for them to, to avoid the spread. Many of the teachers are no longer on campus. They are having their classes from their own houses. And it's only the few people who are required for the function of the campus that are, are moving around. So what the school is doing is trying to, to reduce the contact between people as much as they can, even though sometimes it's not easy to do so. For instance, um, we depend on those people cooking for us on campus. So there are, uh, the number of those people have been reduced. These students have been selected just to volunteer, um, to, to help in terms of cooking, cleaning, and everything else. I know you're all in your room. Some of you are with others, some of you are alone. Are you able to kind of meet virtually and, and you know, see each other and talk to each other? And so since Ellie is a very small, tiny community, and I think it's more easier for people to interact with each other, even though there is there's, there are a lot of restrictions going on. So the campus is very small. And for instance, going to the dining hall, you get the chance to interact with people. It's just the number of people in the same place that have been restricted. For instance, in the dining hall, what we do have is four people by, by table. So just to allow the, the physical contact, but still there's a lot of interaction going on between the student, between friends. And I think it makes things easier for, for us right now compared to many students all over the world. I would even say we are privileged to an extent because I do have many friends, some, some at Sciences Po who are just in the rooms. They are not even going outside. And I think it's, it's a privilege I really have and this early student actually have to still be able to interact with each other. And where is your family located? Where are they? So my parents are in, in, in Guinea, um, in the rural area of Guinea. So for the last time we've been discussing, they are not really, I would say, worried about what's going on because the probability for them to, to be in, in contact with the virus for now is very low. It's a very remote area of Guinea. So for now, we, we, they are just living their life. They are more worried uh, about those, those relatives living in the city, those who are moving around from one city to another uh, than themselves. Yeah. So for me, uh, being here at the African Leadership Academy right now, I would say I'm very privileged. It's something I believe many people should acknowledge and the the fact that you being in a room in a, in a absolute confinement every day it's a privilege to a certain extent but because millions of people all around the world cannot afford such things right now so that's something i think is very important to point out thanks for listening to this news decoder podcast if you'd like to learn more about the global health crisis visit our website, www.news-decoder.com.